Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Business Edge Podcast. Our guest today, Jen Cavanaugh, Senior Vice President, Media and Marketing at the Philadelphia Eagles. And if you are a sports fan, or even if you are a casual sports fan, you will uh, appreciate all of the things that the Philadelphia Eagles have done this year and over the past couple of years, I guess ever since they they won the Super Bowl. Uh, they've been an exciting team to watch, and, and not only on the field, but in social and digital media as well. So hopefully we're going to get to talk to Jan a lot about that today. So with that, I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Jen Cavanaugh. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Um, thanks for a great intro and just generally always good connecting with you. Absolutely. And it is interesting because I'm a huge sports fan, as you know, and um, I love, you know, I'm, as you know, I'm a long suffering Jets fan, but it's it's neat to see in the other conference, you know, everything that's happening with the Philadelphia Eagles, both on and off the field. And I was excited to have you on the podcast to talk about that. Yeah, thank you. What what the listeners don't know is we just spent 30 minutes talking about sports <laughs> before we started. So that's all right. Yeah, yeah that's all right. It's um, all right. So l- let's talk about this. So, you know, I'd love to find out when, when, when we do this. What is it? What is a? am sure you don't have a typical work day, but what does like your Monday through Friday look like when when you're working as the head of marketing and and media. Yeah. Well, first I'll say one of the best parts of the job is that no two days really are the same. Um, But my week does look different depending on where we are, you know, in the season versus the off season. So, you know, starting with the off season, the off season is really when we are in kind of full planning mode. Mm -hmm. And that starts with you know, a lot of reflection on the prior season. Um, We are looking to kind of authentically assess where we are as a team, where we are as a brand, um, where do we sit sort of in the larger cultural landscape? What is our story? You know, because story arcs, as you know, um, tend to to change and evolve. So we always, you know, spend a, a lot of time trying to tune into to what that looks like. And then you move to, you know, how do we bring that story to life in the following season? And that happens in multiple ways, you know, game day, in the community, um, online, on social media, you know, via storytelling. So, you know, that's when kind of, I would say the production of a lot of this, the production and planning piece um, really takes place. And people are usually surprised to learn that the off season in some ways is quote unquote busier um, than the season itself. Um, so, you know, with that, you know, it's planning with individual teams, our partners, creative partners, agency partners, that sort of thing. Um, you know, in season, we're kind of executing and evaluating every day. So, you know, we shoot a lot of content, Mm -hmm. shoot and create a lot of content, um, everything from, you know, sort of daily social posts to longer form, uh, programming. And that's really with the goal of telling the story of our season, right. And some of that is done in a very behind the scenes way, um, 
we're looking at, you know, game days, week to week home games and and asking ourselves, you know, uh, what elements of game day can we improve or tweak or change? And everything is really with the intent to um, deliver an atmosphere that is that feels like a party that's fun, that is a celebration of the team and the fans. Um, and that ranges, you know, everything from uh, maybe potentially getting some celebrity fans to walk the team out of the tunnel to the music we play and when we play it and why we play it and what's happening on, you know, Pepsi Plaza and in the tailgates. Um, and then, you know, outside of game day, we're in the community almost every single day in different ways. So that could be player visits to, you know, chop all the way through into, you know, building gardens or um, green spaces. You know, there's just a lot of execution happening. So we focus on that. I'm exhausted just listening to that. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> how many, I know. How many, how many people are on your team? Yeah. So I have... Um, 50 people full time. Mm -hmm. um, and that spans across, you know, marketing, brand, creative, uh, production, social, community relations, and then our data and insights team. Um, but we also have, you know, seasonal associates that are with us sometimes for 10 months out of the year that are, mm -hmm. you know, really integral members of the team for that period of time and, and really help us, you know, get this stuff done. You know, it, my listeners will, will, uh, recognize when you talk about the off season versus, you know, the planning and strategy versus the execution mm -hmm. in, in a lot of our previous podcasts, we call that the weeds and the clouds of business mm. in, the, in the clouds. You get that 20,000 foot view of business and you look down, you go, okay, here's where we are right now. Here's where we were. Here's where we want to be in the next 12 months. And you plan and you strategize, and then you drop down into the weeds where it's, you know, three to five feet in front of you. And it's all about execution. Yeah. And, and we say, yeah, it. Mm -hmm. yeah don't try and, and strategize while you're executing because you'll shoot yourself in the foot, you know, mm -hmm. pull over, you know, so it's a GPS plan, pull over and, and look at where you are. Mm -hmm. Now I could imagine. So do you actually create a playbook in the off season? We do, mm -hmm. uh, but to your weeds and and cloud analogy, which I really like, uh, you know, you can't you can't strategize easily when you're in the weeds, but right. you also don't want to lose what you're learning in real time, so that when you get right. to the point where you're ready to talk strategy, that you have this like complete view of what you did and what worked and what didn't work. And I'll give you an example specifically of what that looks like for us that ultimately does inform kind of the playbook, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we are very focused on building our brand and our messages and our experiences in ways that feel like wholly authentic to us. In fact, you know, sometimes ideas get evaluated in such a way that um, if it feels like it could be copy pasted to mm -hmm. another brand or team, it's probably not the right idea for us, or wow. we haven't, like shaped it enough. So we kind of keep this repository of moments or themes or sound bites, uh, things that the, the, the team has said or coaches have said um, that we feel really reflect who we are. And so it gives us this like incredible, uh, tangible, like starting point when mm -hmm. we do get to the point where we're ready to talk strategy so that we're not, you know, um, it's kind of starting from from zero and, and missing important things that we learned along the way or that happened. 
So right after, now I'm going to go jump into in-season. Right after you have a game, let's say on Sunday, do you yeah. meet, do, do you get all 50 people together on Monday and do a debrief of what happened? We don't all get together, um, but we definitely are all debriefing in different ways. So it sounds crazy, but um, Slack is a tool that we oh, use yeah. at the organization that has been hugely helpful. So we have channels that are dedicated to um, some of them are for people to post sort of notes in real time on game day. Like, hey, this is something we should look at or this is something we should talk about or this is something we should change with a picture or, you know, what have you. And then individual groups, you know, yeah. where the those issues are relevant to them, will get together, ideate, and then we sort of look at that those um those ideas or those suggestions or those things that we can improve upon, you know, in in sort of smaller groups. So it's kind of like this bottom up um experience that Slack truly like really enables us to do in a in a way that's effective. It's impressive. Somebody should do a documentary on on what you guys do. You know, that would be kind of neat. The behind the scenes when, yeah. when everything is changing. So, OK, Philadelphia Eagles, great season. Right. Uh, uh, you know. All good things happening. I got to imagine as your season starts to. Um, move on. Yeah, yeah. There are these massive influx of requests and and partnership ideas. How do, how do you handle them? Do you do you say to people, look, we're only we're only going to entertain these in the off season because they're going to be too hard to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of build up and execute when we're when we're in execution mode, mm-hmm. or do you do you entertain them? Yeah, no, um, it's a good question. And in full transparency, it can be really difficult because of the volume of incoming, um, not even just requests, but, you know, people who just want to make contact or and I say all of this to say that it's sometimes something I feel really guilty about, you know, that I can't do that 30 minute call with every student that's majoring in sports management and working on a paper like I want to do it all. And and yeah. it's just it's really an exercise in um, uh, understanding how to filter through things to make sure that you're matching, you know, what's right for the business. So I would say we look at the there, it's not necessarily seasonal, though. Um, do we have the capacity? You know, capacity is a real thing. And sometimes the off season is a better time to to think about um, partnering around something. Sometimes in season is better. It really just depends. But we look at each opportunity and say, you know, is there a business need for this? Um, does this thing kind of match our brand values or where it is we're trying to go? Um, because it's really important to stay focused. There's so yeah. many incredible potential ideas and partnerships and people out in the world. Um, but we can only do so much. So, you know, it's, it can be very challenging, but it's also like an embarrassment of riches, right? It's incredible that so many smart, talented people and businesses and ideas do flow our way, um, in, in, in many ways. So we're, we're lucky. And it's also a huge challenge. All right. Now I want to take a step back about five or six years to June of 2018. Yeah. So this is this is four months after the Eagles won their first Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And that's when you started. Yes. Yes. What what was that like for you? I mean, what was, you know, what was the environment like? What were the expectations like? Yeah. Um, 
So a lot of people think that it might have been disappointing because I had just missed this major moment. But from my perspective, it was the best time to start because the atmosphere and the halo effect of winning the Super Bowl helped ground me immediately in like what it is we're here to do. Like we are here to win championships, you know, and I don't it may have taken me longer to like connect to the gravity of that mission had I not been sort of dropped in at the moment where that had just happened and the hunger to get back was, you know, bigger and more kind of palpable than ever. Like I really understood the goal and that was, that was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that between 2018 and and now the, yeah, the yeah. social and the digital components of what you do have just grown exponentially right yes. from, from from what it was like to interact with fans and and to have those conversations and and use metrics on social media digital media back in 2018 versus now you, you know your your staff has probably doubled or tripled in that area right in in these past six years yeah, we've definitely invested um, in our social teams for the, all the reasons that you just said. And, and mm-hmm. it's interesting because it does continue to scale up, though the approach, you know, can be fluid and changes. As we all know, platforms change, sure. um, audience attention shifts. We have a new generation of fans who are coming into our universe who may be place value on different conversations and platforms and things than the prior generation. And we need to have a response to that and stay in tune with that. So the answer is yes, it continues to be, you know, a a huge priority. And an example of that shift, I would say, is, uh, you know, the rise of TikTok. TikTok went from being a non-platform when I first started to hugely important platform for us. Um, YouTube as well, you know, a lot of emphasis on YouTube as a kind of primary platform for our storytelling initiatives, knowing, you know, how many of our our fans spend time there and mm-hmm. that their mindset when they come to YouTube is truly to watch video and be entertained. So um, yes, and it's a constantly evolving space too. So it's it's fun. Yeah. All right. So I'll 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 get to the Jason Kelsey question next. Yeah. But let's look at at the team as a whole. So you you put together a playbook with your teams, right? And say, okay, this is what we're you know this these are what our goals are at the end of the season, right? This is where we'd like to be, and and this is how we plan to get there. And I'm and I'm I'm guessing that you have home and away. kind of plays, right? Okay. When we're on the road, we do this, but do the players ever come to you and, and say, Hey, I've got an idea, you know, can, can we collaborate on this like through social media or, or digital media? Yeah, sometimes they do. Um, I would say the way it generally works is, you know, we are, uh, we interact with our players so much. We're so incredibly fortunate to have the access that we have and an organizational understanding of how important it is to connect fans to our personality, our players and their personalities and what their values are. So it's more of, it's less of like, 
a series of one-offs and more this like ongoing conversation where we get to learn a lot about them. Like we know what their interests are. We know who they hang out with. We know who are roommates and, you know, um, their favorite movies and whether they like to game or not. And so it just keeps this like continuous flow of potential ideas um, out in the open that we can like pick from. And then when when an idea presents itself, go to that player and say, hey, we're thinking about doing a series around, you know, uh, gaming and we know you love Madden. Would you like to participate? And of course, you know, we know the likelihood of the answer being yes is pretty good because we know them. So um, that's in practice. That's kind of, you know, how it how it generally works. Uh, All right. Now, now to Jason. All right. Jason Kelsey, I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy, I think, what, 62. Uh, He plays somewhere (laughs) on your offensive line. All right. So so he he did the documentary, right? The document, which I watched and thought it was absolutely fantastic. Well done. Then you get this Christmas album out. And, you know, people have done albums, right? The 86 Mets did it. The 85 Chicago Bears did it. And they were awful. Right. They were awful and they were goofy. This happened to be I think you sold like a million and a half copies of it. And the second album, I think, doubled that. Um, And then, of course, you have the the famous podcast right into the heights. I think it is with Travis. New Heights. Yep. The Heights. Um, How does how does how does all of that work? I mean, I think when I told people I, I was having you on the podcast, they all were asking me, you know, find out, you know, how this all gets set up. It, yeah. Is that something that they just do? And then at some point you jump in with them and collaborate or. Yeah. In this specific case, well, first of all, you know, I got to give Jason a lot of credit, not only for just being a legend on the field, but um, really for the way in which he has brought who he is and his brand to life. I mean, it's like there should be case studies and will be case studies written about it. You know, Um, we'll start with the album. Uh, The album, you know, was really he and Connor Barwin and the O-Line's vision. Mm -hmm. I think what made it so successful outside of the fact that it's very unusual to have a collection of O-Line, O-Line men who can also, you know, sing. is that they had a they they had a very strong sense of what they wanted this album to be and it's kind of like you want it to be that album that you're going to listen to every Christmas that's going to become a tradition for, you know, generations to come and leaning into the sort of peanuts aspect of it all. They brought nostalgia into it. They oriented this entire thing um, in an effort to raise a lot of money for charity. I mean, yeah. the feel the feel good was everywhere. So we're very fortunate um, that they're so good at that part and that we have an opportunity to help, you know, support them as needed, whether that's like shooting some content um, that you'll see on their social media channels of, you know, the, some of the other players jumping in and Mm -hmm. contributing to some of the, the songs or, you know, just generally helping them accomplish their mission. You know, that that's the goal. Um, Same for the doc. When the doc came out, you know, we use the power of our platforms um, to make sure as many fans as possible knew that the stock was available. And um, the doc was, you know, just in terms of how (laughs) how we benefit, even though it wasn't like our project. Yeah. 
when you have somebody like him catapulted into, you know, mainstream pop culture, the net effect of that is people who may not have even been Eagles fans or football fans or sports fans for that matter, now love him and they love Kylie and they love the family and they're really, you know, feeling a connection and a sense of relatability that now brought them into our world in a way that I don't know that we could have, you know, accomplished um, at least at scale with our own kind of toolkit, you know, so it's extremely, um, we're extremely fortunate to be the beneficiaries of, of his creativity and awesomeness in general, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right. So with all of that success, do you, is it um, like, I I almost think that you go into the off season saying, how do we replicate that? Like, you don't look for something like that, right? That's just kind of, man, that was fantastic. We benefited from that. But, you know, if you try and replicate it, you know, it doesn't always succeed. It it can almost seem forced. Yeah. I think the goal is, um, just not to take an approach that assumes that copying things is what's going to make you successful. However, um, you know, we talk about all kinds of ways we can execute and tell our stories creatively. So, you know, I don't know, maybe you've seen the, the league did a deal with Skydance, which is Mm -hmm. really designed to bring more of this, like, high-end premium long-form storytelling around the NFL and its players and its universe into the fold. So we see that potential and we explore that potential, you know, all the time. But you also recognize that you don't have players forever, right? You can only right we're we're embracing and celebrating this moment and we wish it could last forever but um we also have new players that Mm -hmm. are on the team and we want fans to know who they are and what they're about and we want them to feel connected uh to their personalities as well so it's a little bit of like a you know distribution of energy and time to make sure that you're celebrating and amplifying what's good now but that you're also thinking about the future and and not finding yourself in a situation where you lose your stars and you're you know grinding yeah. from the ground up. Yeah, um, I know that you travel with the team, right? You travel yeah. to their to their games. Yes. <laughs> what is that like on on game day? You know, with I, I got to imagine it's it's even though they won the the championship in 2018, I, I still have to imagine. I mean, the the popularity of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at brand value, I just think that it's just worth so much more now because of everything that's that's happened with the team. And it's really got a a, a feel good feeling around it, like you said before. So what what is what is going on the road with the Eagles like? Do you have some good examples or stories? Yeah, it's really fun. I can't talk about going on the road without giving props to the people who make it possible. I mean, the logistics around getting a team to another city, everything from, you know, managing a manifest and the hotels and getting all the equipment, you know, from point A to point B. I mean, we have some incredible people that are really, really good at their jobs. Um, Shout out to Dan Ryan and and Greg Delmetros and and many others. But um, it's fun. So typically the way it works is the day before a game, um, we will fly out. We're usually like wheels up midday. Uh, Uh 
when we when you're on the plane, um, first I have to say the difference is the amount of food is just like mind blowing. The amount of food in football in general that just surrounds us on a daily basis is mind blowing. But you've never been on a plane where there is more food going up and down the aisles like almost the entire time. It's like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And and fun. Um, so we get to the city. Uh, we have, you know, buses for all of the staff and then the players who are traveling, you know, police escorts. People have seen kind of how teams come yeah. in and out of cities. Uh, once you get to the hotel, there's like a very specific set schedule for the players. You know, they've got, um, you know, chapel and services available to them, specific times uh, for meals, position meetings, team meetings. So they get right into kind of their their day. Um, for me, it's an opportunity. Usually, you know, folks from my team and I will go out, we'll taste whatever the, the city has to offer. You know, if you're in Dallas, you, there's a barbecue place we got to hit up, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. And then, you know, being there uh, in another city on game day is always an opportunity to connect with my counterparts who I don't always get to see, you know, in person that often. Um, I like to walk the stadiums, especially the ones I haven't been to before and really observe like, you know, what their partnerships look like and how they execute different things. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, interesting. that's it's it's very cool. And then other teams game day presentations, you know, what's their what does their show look like? What is their you know, what are their cheerleaders perform to? What are they doing that's, you know, cool and different. Um, so it's, it's like a, it's like school a little bit fun school. That's an interesting approach. I hadn't really even thought about that. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So now we're, we're kind of getting into the, the home stretch and I want to, uh, do like my, I call it my Twitter round or my lightning round of quick questions. Okay. So I'm putting you on the hot seat here Okay. for, for a couple of minutes. So now you mentioned, you know, going to see your counterparts before I get into this. So are you friends with other people who run the media marketing for other football teams? Yeah, many of them are. Um, I have great relationships with and have gotten really close to. It's very collaborative. Um, people sometimes are surprised to hear that while we are like all in competition in many ways, yeah. um, we also do a lot of knowledge sharing. There's a lot of support that goes back and forth. If somebody sees something really cool that another team has done, I can pick up the phone and call the CMO at that team and be like, hey, can you tell me everything about how you got this done? And and they will. And wow. that's that's really cool. That's all right. So that's my first question then. Is there any cool. other sports franchise in any sport? So yeah. basketball, uh, baseball, hockey, uh, that you admire the work that they're doing? Like you say, wow, they're they're the Eagles of basketball. Yeah. Well, um, I think there are so many examples like, you know, creatively, I look at you know, EPL a lot and what those mm -hmm. teams are doing. Cause I just think they are, they just do the coolest stuff. Some of those things we can do some of those things we can't do. And maybe someday we will, but more specifically, you know, I got to rep, I got to rep Philly on this one because we also have very close relationships with the Phillies and the Sixers. Yeah. And what's, you know, so cool to me, like the Sixers, I'm repping the Sixers. They can't see <laughs> me, but I do have my, my yeah. awesome Sixers swag from uh, my my counterpart over there sent me. Um, but I think what they do with their sort of game presentations, like they really know who their fans are. And an MLB environment is very different from an NBA environment. Yeah. Uh, but they both just do like such a great job of bringing that like 
party celebratory feeling and pride to every single game. I mean, anybody who knows Philly sports knows that the pride is off the charts. And I think they do, they really do their fans justice um, with those experiences. And I, I really admire it. It's been good to be a Phillies fan of the last <laughs> five years, six years, right? First it was Boston. Now it's Philly. At some point, New York may or may not get its shot. I don't know. I'm waiting. Um, all right. Um, what's your favorite so social platform that you yeah. use at work? Um, at work or like me personally? Well, let's do both. Well, so, you know, like I said, TikTok and YouTube, Instagram, those are all incredibly important platforms for us for different reasons. You know, mm -hmm. we, it's nothing is like a copy paste experience. Each platform has a kind of native purpose. And so we approach it in a way that, you know, it's, it's intended for that particular platform. Um, but, you know, like I said, TikTok is especially interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, not only, I think, because the amount of like creativity and creator creativity that exists there, but mm -hmm. also the kind of global nature of the platform. Um, you know, we are now marketing in three countries outside of the U S Ghana, yeah. Australia, New Zealand. So that, that is uh, to me a really fun platform. I'm excited to see kind of where it goes. And personally, I would consider myself like a power user. <laughs> I don't even want to know how much time I spend on the platform, but it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All, all I get are the uh, the funny videos that my daughter Justine sends to me that, you know, <laughs> you got she'll like crying, laughing and send yeah. me something from it. And and all of a sudden, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm like, all right, rabbit hole. Stop. Stop doing that. Get back to work. That algorithm is. Uh, yeah. yeah, they get me. They get, they get me. you. <laughs> um, what's been your favorite part of the current season? Like, do you? Hands down, the return of Kelly Green. Um, oh, so yeah. for those who don't know, uh, we brought back Kelly Green uniforms this season. We wore yeah. them in two games. They were um, uniforms reflected in the late 80s, early 90s. Fans have always been um, in love with Kelly Green in some way, representing the nostalgia. Those yeah. who didn't live through the era, young kids like it because they like throwback stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it was two years of preparation to get ready for, for this moment um, down to, you know, picking colors and designing uniforms and planning celebrations and all of it. It was just a tremendous amount of work towards this thing that we were all so excited about. And the execution from our perspective couldn't have gone better because our fans were so happy. And, yeah. you know, we had fans lined up at 3 a.m. at our pro shop for the release of the Kelly Green merch. I mean, they are just incredible. So that that has been so that's been a lot of fun, like definitely a point of pride for me for a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And and it's amazing what you said there. You know, it's two years in the making. Yes. Right. To, yeah. To, yeah. To, the lead times for the uniforms alone, you know, uh, are long. So you yeah. got to start early. All right. And this is one of my personal, I, I'm going to start asking this a lot more, uh, yeah. knowing that you travel quite a bit with the team. Um, are you a book reader or listener? Both. Okay. Um, I would, I would read more if I could, but I really try to do like a balance of both. So um, I love to read. I love autobiographies. 
I am a huge fan of stand-up comedy in general yeah. and it's, you know, you know, spirituality and just the human condition. So those things usually collide into my book list. So uh, now I'm uh, listening to Leslie Jones uh, autobiography. So Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live and it yeah. is stupendous. She uh, does the narration and she's just incredible. But I'm also reading, which you're familiar with this book, I think we probably talked about it at some point, um, which is Rick Rubin's book, oh, uh, yeah. Creative Act, A Way of Being. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I usually have like three books going at any given yeah. time. And sometimes, you know, they're a mix of listens and, and reads. Well, I gotta, I gotta imagine that that helps you balance, right? That 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 it it kind of separates all of the different ways you get pulled in 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 a yeah. given in a given uh, day or week. Yes. Um, all right, you're off the hot seat. Okay. So <laughs> this this was fantastic. I really appreciate you giving us more than a glimpse into what you do uh, during the season in the off season. Um, and you know what? I'd love to have you back on again in 2024. That would be incredible. Um, I so appreciate you having me. I always enjoy talking to you. So um, congrats on all the success with your podcast. I literally cannot believe how much you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's insane. The the volume of, of um, content that you're producing and how many people get to benefit from it is just so cool. So congrats. Thank you. Well, you know what? I, I put a microphone in front of me and I get to talk to people like you. <laughs> nice. So, And I know our listeners. Um, oh, here's the last question that I have. The last yeah. question for you. Um, and I can't believe I didn't ask this earlier. Uh, what do small business owners? Cause you know, I'm, I'm a business owner, right. Mm -hmm. And I love going to sports. Um, yeah. what, what do you have any kind of programs or outreach or things that you do with business owners? And you get requests from them like, hey, we'd love to do something with the Eagles. Yeah. So both in different ways. Um, we have uh, partners that are local small businesses. An example of that would be um, we have a creative partner called The Perception that we work with on all of our gun violence initiatives. They're a you know fairly small shop, but they share the sort of passion that we have for you know trying to solve this this issue in our city. Mm -hmm. um, we bring local businesses into the facility all the time. Restaurants um, really try to emphasize those with, uh, you know, diverse proprietorship and mm -hmm. different cuisines and, you know, just try to make it as diverse and fun as possible while being able to support and shine a light on, you know, these incredible um, restaurants and bookstores and, you know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I figured as much. I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah. Because I love, I love when organizations see an opportunity, you know, to help something like a small business owner yep. and say, look, we appreciate your fan, you know, your loyalty, you're, you're promoting the Eagles, you're coming to the games and, and, you know, we're going to give back. Yeah. Everything's better when the, the community works together, you know, Absolutely. we have to meet each other in different ways. So we can do our small part, you know, that, that feels good. Awesome. All right. Jen Cavanaugh, senior vice president, marketing and media for the Philadelphia Eagles, probably one of the nicest people you meet in sports. So she's got that going for her and she's working on really, I mean, I've become a fan, you know, I'm still a Jets fan. We did take Joe Douglas from you. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but um 
Yeah, I've, I've actually become a fan of the Eagles. I like to watch him play on Sunday when I can. So well, I love to hear it. You can have a second favorite team. That's okay. We love <laughs> Leave that. room for me on that bandwagon later <laughs> in this year when I when I need a root for a team in the playoffs. I will. I will I'll save you a seat. All right. Thank you. And and to our listeners, once again, you asked and we delivered. So, you know, I got a couple of requests from you on on asking about uh, sports and small business and, and what people do in sports. And so I was able to tap into Jen Cavanaugh, who was gracious with her time. So keep those suggestions and comments coming. And we will see you next week on another episode of the Small Business Edge podcast. Until then, have a great day and take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.